Welcome to the Agora, the podcast that leaves no ballot box unturned in its effort to get to the bottom of Greek politics. I'm Nick Malkoutsis. And I'm Phoebe Fronista. It's great to be back with you after an absence that lasted a little longer than we would have liked, but we're here with you now for the big one, the Greek general election. And to make up for not putting out an episode of the Agora for the last few months, there is a distinct possibility that this will be just the first of maybe a few election special podcasts. But more of that later. The focus of this show will be the national vote on May 21st. What's likely to happen, why, what it means, and what could happen afterwards. There's a lot of ground to cover, and I'm glad to say that we will have input from a Greek pollster, as well as two of our resident experts. But first, let's try to set the scene. So this is the first election that Greece will hold since it completed the so-called enhanced surveillance, which was the more benevolent successor to its three bailout programs. But it did involve the Eurozone still keeping a close watch on the Greek economy and the government's reform program. But it's also the first election that will be held using proportional representation rather than the usual majority bonus system, which boosts the number of seats in parliament awarded to the winning party. Yep, the introduction of the PR system, and let's call call it that for brevity, means that the winning party or combination of parties will need upwards of 45% of the vote to form a government. Based on the opinion polls conducted during this campaign, no single party will get anywhere near that, and there are doubts whether a viable coalition will emerge from the vote. If no government is formed, Greece will hold second elections later this summer, possibly on July the 2nd. And to confuse matters further, the second ballot will be conducted with a bonus system that Phoebe referred to. The winning party will gain up to 50 seats extra, giving it a better chance of securing a majority in Greece's parliament, which consists of 300 seats. I know, it sounds ridiculous. But basically, when Syriza was in power between 2015 and 2019, they changed the election law to the proportional representation. But then, when New Democracy came to power, they just changed it right back. Them's a break, Snick, right? Well, the, the breaks and also par for the course, really, because uh, the electoral law has been changed numerous times over the last few decades. But as we said, this is the first time where that we're having a kind of simple proportional representation system, although it doesn't look like it's going to be uh, in uh, place for very long. Yeah, I think it's just an interesting experiment to see what will happen. So right now, the ruling center-right party, New Democracy, is ahead in the polls, followed by left-wing Syriza, and at some distance, center-left Pasok follows. There are three other, even smaller parties that hold seats in parliament that are pretty likely to be re-elected. That's the Communist Party, the ultra-nationalist Greek Solution, 
and radical left Meta 25, led of course by ex-finance minister and, for some reason, the darling of the European left, Yanis Varoufakis. Certainly the darling of the British uh, media. I seem to see him see him on there uh, very frequently, more frequently than perhaps he's uh, on uh, Greek uh, t- TV and in, in, in print. But uh, anyway, uh, obviously <laughs> one of the, the, the main personalities in this election campaign, even though his party is uh, polling at around uh, 5% or so, but still could be in a position to influence things. But uh, we'll get into more detailed numbers shortly. Um, let's, Phoebe, let's first try to sort of take a broad brushstrokes look at what this election is about, some of the key issues, the main factors that could affect the outcome and uh, what scenarios could play out. Does that sound good? Yeah, okay. give it to me. All right, so <laughs> but, well, one thing to, to mention um and this is kind of, you know, something that I, I feel quite strongly is that, uh, you know, you can argue the pros and cons of proportional representation as an electoral system in general and within the Greek uh, context as well, because there is an argument here within Greece that it's it's not the right system for Greece because uh, we have a quite of adversarial style of politics and it's better to have stronger single-party governments so they can get things done because there isn't really a culture of political cooperation. Of course, the flip side to that is how do you build a culture of political cooperation if you have an electoral system that doesn't really force parties to start working together, finding common ground, and, and so on. But one of the side effects of having a PR in place for this election is that it um, has really put a lot of the focus on the electoral the election arithmetic and the possible government permutations we may or may not have. And I think that's come at the cost of a more detailed discussion about policy, uh, even though the parties set out their manifestos and uh, they've been no, uh, available to the public and the media, the, the focus very much been on the potential cooperation or lack of between the parties and not so much on the, on the substance. But if you take a broad look at uh, what this campaign has been about, and, and certainly the uh, battle between the two main parties, uh, New Democracy on the centre-right, uh, Syriza on, on the left or centre-left even, New Democracy is, pres- I, I, I would sum it up you know, with this phrase, New Democracy is trying to represent progress through stability whereas Syriza is trying to represent fairness through change. And New Democracy has boiled its message down to one about investment, growth, higher wages and lower taxes, and there's a sprinkling of public administration reform and the greater use of digital services within the uh, public sector. Syriza, on the other side, is focusing on justice, and uh, by that I mean social justice, the delivery of actual justice through the judicial system, uh, fighting against uh, corruption, particularly uh, political corruption, and against vested interests. In third place, PASOK is kind of trying to concentrate on being the reasonable one, the the adult in the room, avoiding polarization and toxicity and showing it's poised, maybe under certain circumstances, to work with either rival to form a government, if that's 
necessary, or some would argue maybe trying to avoid that at uh, all costs. But we'll, we'll come to that. Yeah. And they're not really as... letting him, like not even the parties, let alone the media. Like everyone's like, "Come on, you know, tell us who you're gonna go with." Well, that that that's the problem. That's the situation that they've been trying to avoid because they're the third party. And as we said, we're going to an election based on proportional representation. And more or less, the only question that Pasok is being asked is, will you work with New Democracy? Will you work yeah. with Syriza? They're the and, default kingmakers. Yeah, and, and in that uh, context, it's very difficult for them to get any kind of message across and or, or give the electorate a, an understanding of what they stand for, apart from being a crutch for one side or the other. And as far as the smaller parties are concerned, they're obviously hoping to hoover up dissatisfied voters and 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 the issues over which uh there is a level of dissatisfaction uh, the cost of living crisis of course perhaps the migration issue uh relations with turkey the handling of the covid pandemic and more recently the fatal train crash in Tempe in central greece at the end of february where uh, uh, almost 60 people lost their lives and at that time seemed like it might uh, be a defining factor in this election campaign. And indeed, in the days uh, following the crash uh, and some uh, shoddy communications from the the government, we saw support for new democracy in the opinion polls drop by about two percentage points. And it looked like perhaps that would... Uh, have the makings of uh, uh, a game changer for this election. But actually, as we've got closer to the election, the the election date, the ruling party, the Conservatives, they've managed to regain that support and then build momentum. Uh, It's a strange one, and and it's one that we will uh, be discussing with our guests uh, later on. I think also, Phoebe, if if you look at what are the the key questions in this election, which will essentially define the outcome, as far as new democracy is concerned, uh, I think it's will they be able to limit losses emanating from numerous crises over the last few years and their own missteps, and that includes the handling of the COVID pandemic, particularly after the first wave when Greece's death rate uh, from uh, COVID was one of the highest in the EU. There is the question of uh, uh, funding that has gone to the local uh, media, especially as part of the COVID campaign. We have, of course, the wiretapping or surveillance uh, scandal, which has been prevalent and which we've done a podcast about. And which will not go away. <laughs> no, no, definitely not going away. Although there is a question of how much traction it, it gets with the electorate and how much voters really care about it, especially to the point of changing their uh, voting preferences. Other issues that have damaged the government, um, some massive wildfires, the Tempe train crash, which we mentioned, and some... I think Tempe really, really showed in a way that, you know, yeah, maybe you've talked, you talk about like, you know, progress and equality and digitalization and, you know, all the forward thinking. But in the end, you know, what happened was the, the old, old way of doing things, you know, with... yeah. You know, not being people, not being trained people, you know, being sent to places where they're not, you know, supposed to be, they're not educated for it, 
just mm-hmm. holding a position, like leaving work early, all these things just really, I would say, remind the Greek public like, oh, yes, this is Greece. This is the Greek state, whichever yes, party. Uh, no, absolutely. It, it exposed all the pathogenies of uh, Greece that we're familiar with. Uh, I, I mean, no one was surprised by it, even though it was a tremendously shocking uh, event. But I think that the government's narrative, maybe it took a few days for them to to settle on this, that, look, okay, we accept the responsibility for what's happened under our watch, but the, the failings go back uh, way into into the past. I think it's probably something that has resonated with a lot of the electorate, if not all. And that's one of the reasons that perhaps we haven't seen the 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 train crash and its aftermath really impact the potential outcome of these elections. I think on on the flip side, if you look at it from uh, New Democracy's point of view, in terms of uh, you know we were talking about th- things that could damage them and and, and areas where they're kind of trying to d- defend themselves. If you look at it from the more attacking or offensive point of view, uh, issues that will come into play is whether new democracy will be able to convince voters that they will benefit from another four years of Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis and his party being in power and they will they will point to growth, uh, rising growth, rising investment, the promise of uh, higher wages, the di- digitization of the public administration that we mentioned, uh, the strengthening of defense alliances, particularly with France and the USA, and what has been a, a, a tough a response to the migration issue. On the other hand, there's people that are more sympathetic to Syriza who want to give them a second chance and say they were hamstrung by their inexperience and, of course, the you know bailouts. Okay, th- th- this is a good point, and I, I think it's w- one of the uh, really potentially deciding factors in this election. So, New Democracy will be trying to uh, put enough doubt in the minds of Greek voters about Syriza coming to power and maybe forming a coalition with with, with others, PASOK or MENA25, whoever may, may be, by referencing, and this is what they've done in the campaign, referencing continuously 2015, uh, when Syriza came to power, a party that had risen from 5% uh, to being a party leading a coalition government and going into negotiations with the Eurozone about a third bailout that were uh, fractious, that were haphazard, that led to a hasty referendum and Greek banks uh, closing uh, for weeks and really huge doubts about whether Greece would uh, remain in the Eurozone. And of course, that is baggage that Syriza carries with it. And one of the key challenges in this campaign that uh, the left-wing party has faced um, is to convince voters that it's left 2015 behind. Uh, and maybe one of the, the the problems that they face there is that the, they still have the same leader. Alexis Tsipras, who was prime minister in 2015, is still the leader of Syriza and is therefore a direct connection to to that time. Also, Syriza is trying to show that uh, it is, it's, 
has greater competence, that it has workable ideas to keep Greece on Greece on a growth trajectory. Uh, but at the same time, it's pros- promising to address imbalances or unfairness uh, um, within uh, the Greek economy and Greek uh, society. And again, you know, one one of the big big challenges for Syriza is: uh, are they able to persuade enough voters that New Democracy is guilty of hubris? Uh, in other words, exploiting its power for its own benefit and uh, those for its friends. I think these are the kind of issues that will uh, decide the outcome. And for PASOK, who we mentioned briefly on them, uh, can they convince the electorate that uh, they are sensible, competent and able to support government stability if they're called upon? Yeah, because PASOK also has its baggage from the last time it was in government, 2012-2014. Uh, when yep, it was no the one, junior no coalition one is, partner. No one it, forgets it, that. Of course, it, 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 it's under new leadership. Nikos Androulakis, mm-hmm. the PASOK leader, has been in, in, in power since the end of uh, 2021. But no one is without baggage, uh, really, in this election out of the, the three main parties. Um, just to mention a few factors that, uh, again, uh, could have a, a big influence on the outcome. Uh, the first is that we have a huge influx of first-time voters. Um, so based on a change in the voting age that, that was in play for the last election for the first time, second time here, anyone uh, turning 17 this year in Greece can vote in this election. And this means that upwards of 400,000 uh, uh, young voters will be able to cast a ballot for the first time. That's a lot. It is a lot, and Sousa tends to do perform much uh, stronger in this uh, young age group, 17s to 24s, than uh, New Democracy. It, it's usually the first party in this age group, so it could be something to factor in. Of course, there is an, a question about how, how many of these first-time voters will turn out. We also have quite a lot of undecided voters. It's ranging at around 10 to 12% uh, in the opinion polls. That's more than 600,000 people. Again, who will they uh, turn to, if anyone? Um, And then one other issue to take into account, Phoebe, is if we do go to second elections, and we'll come into the election scenarios in a second, but if we do go, go to second elections, to what extent will the result of the first vote shape the result of the second? And by that, I mean what happens if new democracy underperforms or if Syriza over, overperforms or if new democracy is just short of what would be needed for a majority? Will that uh, help people make the decision to, to go and back the ruling party so they do get a majority and we avoid uncertainty or third elections in the middle of summer or whatever it may be? This is probably a good time to bring in our first expert. Who have you been talking to, Nick? Um, I'm glad to say I caught up with Angelos Seriatos. He's the head of political and social research at ProRata, one of the main polling firms here in Greece. Of course, we had a chat about what their surveys are showing and what he expects will happen on May 21st. Let's hear from Angelos. (music) 
So, Agilus, thank you very much for joining us on the Agorian. What's uh, a very busy schedule for you as we get towards the uh, May 21 elections? Hi, Nikos. Really, thank you. I'm really glad that you did invite me. I hope we, we can have a really nice conversation. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we will. And lots of interesting things to look at uh, with just a few days left until uh, the vote. Now, usually, Agilus, if this was... Um, a program, say, on Greek TV, we would leave the uh, voting intentions or the projected result until the end. But because, uh, well, first of all, I don't want to keep our listeners in suspense, but also because uh, we have a lot of listeners from outside of Greece, just to give them a bit of context and an idea of what the opinion polls are showing going into the election. Uh, what uh, projections does ProRata have for the election result? According to our analysis, Nea Demokratia is projected to reach about 33 to 37%, Syriza is about to reach 27 to 31%, PASOK approximately uh, 9 to 12, 9 to 11.5%, uh, the Communist Party Kukwe around 6 or 7%, DM25, um, the party of the ex Minister of Finance, uh, Mr. Varoufakis from 4 to 5%, and Greek Solution, the populist right-wing party, around 4%. Um, that means that the probability for Nea Demokratia to come first in the upcoming elections is very high, and I would say that Nea Demokratia is about to win the elections by a probability, let's say, of more than 80%. Right. So the first thing to, to say about that, Agilos, is that it seems, if these projections are correct, uh, that the possibility of what we've heard of a progressive alliance, uh, Syriza plus PASOK, maybe plus Mera 25, uh, there seems to be very little chance of them coming together to form a majority coalition, at least. Yes, Definitely. I would say that the probability is really low. Um, well, mainly, I, I would say politically and not exactly arithmetically because arithmetically uh, could, be, could be something around 150, 149, 150 seats. But uh, I don't think that is still in play in terms of their political relations. Yeah, and we've seen the leaders' debate where there seemed to be not so much common ground, exactly. perhaps not so much between Syriza and Pasok, but certainly if they need a third party, and that's Varoufakis's party, there doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, mm -hmm. common ground there. So so what we're saying is that, again, if, if these projections are correct, the only real possibility for a government to be formed after the first elections is one consisting of New Democracy and PASOK. Exactly. Uh, actually, this is the only scenario that it's still in play. Okay. So now that we've cleared that up, uh, Agilos, let's uh, take a deeper dive to look at how we've arrived at this point. Mm -hmm. Now, it seemed to be that uh, Nea Demokratia, New Democracy, was cruising to election victory uh, a few months ago. Um, and then we had the Tempe train crash. Mm -hmm. New Democracy suffered a decline in the opinion polls, and some of the public blamed the government directly for the accident. 
But we saw, and this led to about a couple of percentage points being shaved off uh, New Democracy's uh, support. This was quickly reversed. What what happened? Why why did this uh, frustration or anger, disappointment with the government not last? Yes. Uh, so I would say that Nea Democratia has regained the trust of the most of the voters who, uh, after the, the fatal accident in Temp, temporarily took a distance from the um, um, government party, reducing the distance between Nea Democratia and Syriza. However, as the following poll showed, uh, that was more of an of a emotional, let's say, uh, reaction to a really violent and shocking event than a more permanent change um, in the voting behavior of those voters. For better or worse, uh, rightly or wrongly, I mean, the deadly temp crash disappeared from the public agenda, leading many voters to rethink their party preferences uh, based on the big picture assessment, on a big picture assessment. Uh, and this, as it turned out, benefited uh, Nea Democratia. Okay, and then to uh, pick up on the point of why new democracy seems so uh, dominant, are voters happy with new democracy? Are they disappointed by the opposition? What's shaping the election result as far as you're concerned? First of all, I should give you the, the big picture. Yeah. The dominant among the society um, emotions are the negative ones, disappointment and anger, but also uh, desperation, which is a very intense uh, emotion. Um, I would say that uh, almost the, the 75% of the total emotions, um, I mean, cumulate, uh, cumulatively, um, are negative. And only 25% of the emotions are positive towards the current situation uh, in finance, in economics, and a political situation. That reveals that in total, most of the people in Greece are not really satisfied with the current situation. Uh, the, satisfa the satisfaction uh, towards the work of the government um, reaches uh, around 35%. Nevertheless, regarding electoral behavior, that is only the half of the truth. And this is the half of the truth because even if um, the total in, in the total, there is a um, dissatisfaction of about 65-70% of the people. The rest of them vote for the current government, while the rest of the people, which is the majority, vote for a lot of parties from all around the political spectrum or um, they do not even vote at all. That is a crucial point, Nikos, to understand why there is a lot of dissatisfaction um, around us but at the same time, Nea Democratia is dominant in party competition. None of the opposition parties, especially Syriza uh, or even PASOK, uh, seem that they can inspire uh, the disappointed by Nea Democratia voters. There is no party that, in my opinion, can really convince the electorate that there is a specific and also realistic um, altern alternative and a better plan for the country than the one that Nea Democratia suggests. Yeah, okay. And it, it's clear when you say that there is such a substantial level of dissatisfaction uh, and yet the ruling party is still well ahead in the opinion polls, it's clear that something is going wrong on the side of the opposition. Obviously, New Democracy has done a good job in 
bringing in the people that are satisfied and holding on to them. Uh, but what are the issues that are most important for, for voters? Uh, perhaps there we can see where the opposition might be falling down. According to the data, there are two main issues that are highly important for voters and three more that will play a role um, in the upcoming elections in the background. The economy is the number one issue for the voters. Um, firstly, the economy and secondly, actually um, issues related to corruption, to the corruption of the elites who govern or they claim to govern. Uh, regarding economy, the economy, there are two main stakes. Firstly, inflation. Uh, which part is perceived as the one that can really deal with the price increase in consumer goods and the highly energy costs? That's, that's the question, actually. Some people believe in Nea Democratia and some people believe in Syriza. Uh, but regarding economy, there is uh, a second stake that mostly has to do with the big picture, with the future, let's say. Which party actually, and that, that's, the, that's the stake, that's the question, which party can ensure economic stability for the upcoming years in a really unstable world? And here, this is um, um, a key note, here most of the voters agree that Nea Democratia is a better, probably slightly better, but still is a better solution um, and a more reliable option compared to Syriza um, on that issue. Concerning issues related to corruption, there are no different narratives. Things at this level are clear. At this level, the winner will be the one who will be perceived as um, the least corrupt player. Though both big parties have been involved in some um, shady cases recently uh, or in the past, still, um, still sees at this level see, uh, seems to have a slight advantage compared to Nea Democratia. Uh, but, but, but still, once more, none of these parties, Nea Democratia or Syriza, are perceived as highly transparent political player, and this will definitely, definitely uh, play a role uh, in voters' preferences. So would it be fair to say in a summary that uh, on the issue of economy or cost of living, inflation, which is the number one concern, according not only to your opinion, Paul, but consistently across the opinion polls over more than 12 to 18 months, uh, voters tend to trust new democracy more on this key issue. And on the other issues, which could be seen as weak points for the government, the opposition really hasn't uh, convinced voters enough, at least. Yes, yeah. uh, that's exactly the point. Economy is the number one issue, and Nea Democratia has a lead on that uh, in terms in terms that um, uh, is perceived as the party, as the solution that really can handle issues related to economy in a better way. Not, not, it's, not it's not perceived as the uh, ideal solution, but still compared to the other electoral um, options like uh, Syriza, is perceived as the, the best solution. Okay, I can see something interesting uh, to look at. Is there a big divide in terms of older and younger voters and who they're likely to back in this election? Yes, there is a clear, uh, there is a clear divide between older and young voters, a tendency that follows actually most of the European countries, I would say. Regarding age, uh, Syriza has better um, electoral penetration 
to young voters, 17 to 34 years old, leading by about 3 to 5%, uh, probably 6% as well, 3 to 6%. While Nea Demokratia dominates in other age categories. In general, though, we should um, underline that young voters tend to vote political parties that are perceived as more anti-systemic, or in other words, parties that are perceived as friendly to the status quo, are not the first choice of young um, of younger voters. This is why the electoral um, penetration of Syriza, uh, Mera Kospede, DM25, Greek Solution, and other left or right-wing uh, radical parties is way better compared to their penetration in other age groups. At the same time, uh, older voters of 65 plus years old tend to vote to a great extent for Nea Demokratia. In this age group, Nea Demokratia is leading Syriza by a difference of more than 10-11%. So a bit, very big lead there, yeah. Uh, speaking of young voters, we have more than 400,000 first-time voters. What can we expect from these first-time voters in terms of uh, participation, Aguilos? Uh, is, uh, do we expect a high turnout? Do we expect it to be low because... Uh, maybe a lot of young people have, uh, who are of working age have gone to work in the tourism sector and away from where they would uh, normally vote and unable to cast their ballot. What's, what, what are your figures showing you? Uh, regarding the first-time voters, um, that's a big question. Since the, this age group, uh, 17 to 20, which is more exactly than 440,000 new voters, um is always a small part in our samples. Hence, it's a bit difficult to predict um, um, in a highly, let's say, accurate way, way their potential electoral behavior, uh, as well they turn out. Although it seems that they are about to follow um, the tendency that I mentioned before, actually, they will probably tend to vote political parties that are perceived as more uh, anti-systemic, rejecting uh, Nea Demokratia in, ext- in a great extent. Our last estimation is that electoral, that turnout will be around um, 55 to 59%, our last estimation. That for, means, this age, for this age group specifically, yeah? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, okay. That means that we are expecting a bit lower turnout uh, on, this age compar- on this age group compared to uh, 2019 elections. However, in my opinion, both, um, well, both Nea Demokratia and Syriza did not really help mobilizing voters, not only for the reason that you mentioned, uh, because, for example, the government party did not give the chance to many um, young people that they worked during during summer uh, to vote. They, they did not make it easier, actually, to vote, the access to to the vote, uh, pro- voting process. I think that also the upcoming election will be held uh, under the system, under the representation, a totally new uh, proportional representation system that Syriza introduced. But still, that is a system that um, uh, that is a system, and the problem as well. The problem is that here that Syriza never really tried to work in a direction of uh, establishing the idea of a of a uh, coalition governments. This is why many people right now uh, do not really are not really convinced 
that if they go to vote, uh, a government can be formulated. This is, is a fact is a factor that doesn't really help. No, it's it's an important point you mentioned because the the uh, Syriza made a big effort to change the electoral law to one of proportional representation. It's something that they had pledged to voters uh, for a long time and yet we haven't seen any real efforts made at coalition building resulting in the recent televised leaders debate where there seemed to be as i mentioned very little common ground between exactly. the leaders on the left or center center left um speaking of uh, turnout what are the expectations for the overall turnout and perhaps how how it might compare to previous elections uh, it seems that it's going to be around uh, a similar percent of turnout, um, similar to, to 2019 elections, which means about 58, 59, 60%. Uh, uh, not really sure, because on the other hand, we have um, Nea Democratia has insisting or referring to second elections establishing the perception that the elections of the 21st of May are just the first step that we need to do in order to go in the second and most crucial elections. And I think that this this idea can probably lead many voters to do not participate in the upcoming elections since the possibility of formulating a government is considered as super low. Uh, I, I think we have to wait to see. Okay. And now and now you mentioned that, and this is a good point to end our uh, discussion. Obviously, a lot has been made of the fact that these are the first elections with a, a simple form of proportional representation in, in play uh, and clearly requiring some kind of uh, consensus between parties, a coalition building exercise. Uh, the Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis has suggested it's not a good form of uh, 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 electoral process for, for Greece to have. It's better to have strong single-party governments. But uh, And that idea is quite seems to be quite deeply embedded in the way Greek voters uh, think because that's the system that we've had for uh, many years. Of course, we've had some extreme circumstances as a result of the crisis uh, in recent uh, years that have forced some coalitions uh, together. But, uh, but based on what you're seeing in, in in your survey, do voters, would voters prefer Greek parties to start working together or do they still think that the single party government is the best form of uh, administration to have? Well, Nikos, I would say that um, Greek public opinion, the Greek society in total, is under a um, transition phase regarding that issue. Uh, as a general idea, currently, and this is a new tendency, that's true, um, most of the people in Greece prefer the parties to work together, although not under any conditions. More specifically, according to, to the data that I have, one out of three, approximately one out of three voters, seems to strongly prefer coalition governments, almost one out of three single-party governments, and the rest of the people mostly believe in coalition governments, but still that is not um, a, a non-negotiable, let's say, attitude. Since the political culture in Greece, exactly as you mentioned, and the polarization, I would say, as well, um, within the party system, 
um, which is still in play, does not really give do not really give the impression that coalition governments can work together in a proper and stable manner. I, I would say that uh, we are in a transition phase. Okay. Well, Agilus, let's see what May the twenty first brings us, and I think we may be. Uh, back here discussing things in a, a few weeks. And uh, I think second elections look quite likely. And let's hope we stop there and we don't need uh, third elections. That's that's uh, my sort of positive thought for the day. May the force be with us. <laughs> was Angelo Seriatos, Head of Political and Social Research at ProRata, speaking to Nick. I thought uh, there were some really interesting points there, Phoebe, about what kind of issues voters are interested in, the generational divide which we seem to have, and why it's not likely that we'll see a government emerge from the upcoming votes. I knew this was going to ruin our summer. <laughs> what could be more exciting than spending your summer obsessing over elections. Just remember 2012 or 2015. How could I forget, Nick? I'm still <laughs> carrying the mental trauma. The excitement, <laughs> Phoebe, the excitement. Just remember that. Uh, actually, Beach voters. I remember chasing after beach voters. Actually, uh, now we mentioned 2012 and 2015 when Greece was really in the midst of its um, debt crisis and uh, there was a lot of uncertainty. It's worth mentioning that although there's a good chance we're going to go through at least two elections this summer, the situation in the country is in no way really like it was uh, uh, about a, a decade ago. Of course, there is a lot at stake and the challenges are numerous, but Greece is not teetering on the precipice. No, it's not. And, and I think you can tell that by the tenor and the subject of everybody's campaign speech. So I think we're going to get a little bit of suspense and uncertainty and I'm sure a lot of laughter, uh, but but no heavy drama no. for this season. You, you make it sound like a middling next Netflix series. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's pretty much, uh, pretty much it. Okay, with that in mind, let's hear from our next two guests for a bit more insight on this election campaign and what to expect in the coming days. I'm glad to say that I had to chat with Macropolis co-founder Yanis Mozakis and our features editor, Yuriya Nakul. So let's hear from them. Yanis Yoria, great to have you back in the Agora after uh, an extended absence, a big occasion ahead of us, the, the Greek elections. It's been, in my view, a more subdued campaign that maybe a lot of people expected. I don't know if you get that sense as well. What's your view, Yoria? Subdued? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, w I was expecting maybe a, a bit more, you know, fireworks, a bit more vim and vigor, uh, uh, more clashes over policies and uh, so on. And it, it just doesn't seem to have 
happened. I, uh, maybe that's my impression, but uh, I, I get the feeling that maybe because the opinion poll suggests that there is no great prospect of the opposition parties uh, being able to form a viable coalition, perhaps a because the government has been able to impose its narrative very effectively because of uh, its good handling of communications and the fact that the media landscape is heavily tilted in favour of new democracy, the the ruling party, or maybe because there are weaknesses in the opposition and they haven't really had a coherent message. Uh, That's just my impression, but if you have a different view, please go ahead. Well, I think one of the issues is that it's been, although officially the campaign started about 10 days ago, officially, it's actually been going on for good best part of six months, hasn't it? Because there's been this sort of, well, there's an assumption that there would be elections, obviously, because No Democratia's four-year terms term was coming to an end anyway. But there's been this kind of game of cat and mouse over when the elections were going to be held for well over six months, I think, at this point. So there's been several issues um, sort of around the, the campaign that have already been debated to death. And we're now sort of, you know, getting to the point where we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. I think there's, there's a bit of an element of that. Mm, it, but there's it's, also it's been more of a marathon than a sprint. Yeah, and it's sort of a marathon where you don't really know where the end point is. <laughs> um, I think you know the government thought they knew where the end point was at one point, and then there was the terrible accident at Tebby that sort of shifted their planning as well. So everyone's been sort of in a in a state of suspended animation now for quite a while. Yanis. Yanis, do you get the view, the feeling that it's uh, subdued or maybe there's an element of sort of fatigue around this or disinterest or or do you have a different view? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. And and if you remember towards the the start of the year uh, when we knew that the elections would take place and at the time we probably thought that it was going to be early April, uh, there were concerns in in media that it would be a very toxic campaign because of the, you know, the way that the parts have been interacting throughout the, the term. And then when the, the accident, with the train accident happened and the, and the gap narrowed, there was a belief that it was going to be a really closely contested uh, campaign and it would be like, you know, the, 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 that would raise the heat. I, I think that it's, it's much more subdued or we have a feeling that it's much more subdued because we're also comparing it with the elections that we had in the last 10 years, right? <laughs> and if you remember, it was uh, it was complete at some point, it felt like complete anarchy, whether you want to talk about the election of 2009 up to 2019 when you know, Mitsotakis won the last election and the anti-Syriza front that, that was built up around the time. So, uh, no, Nick, I, I agree. Uh, it hasn't really lived up to the initial... Uh, Expectations and it's uh, and it's 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 rather mild, I would say. And just to emphasize the point you made there, it, it it's likely uh, that we'll have two elections this summer, and we have two recent examples of that, which is two thousand twelve and two thousand fifteen, which 
in both cases, Greece's position in the Eurozone was at stake. Uh, we had the, the, a lot of uh, social unrest, uh, parties fracturing, no clear government in sight, uh, apparently Euro banknotes being flown in because of uh, fears of uh, them running out and bank runs. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great point that you make. Both of you mentioned the Tempe train crash, which we'll come back to in a second. But one other thought I'd like to throw out there in, in terms of how this election campaign has gone and perhaps this rather uh, subdued atmosphere uh, because th- the first elections, at least, will happen with a system of proportional representation, which will require the winning party or the winning coalitions of party to get to around 45%, uh, which seems out of reach for everyone at the moment. I, I, I think one of the knock-on effects of that, and you can debate whether that's the correct system or the appropriate system for, for, for Greece to have or not, but I think one of the, the, the side effects that it's had is that it's made the discussion about the arithmetic rather than about the policies or which what each party represents. I don't know if you get that sense as well. No, I, I agree. And also, this has also created an element of, um, I wouldn't say complacency in the public, but the public knows that the election that would really decide the next government is probably the one that will happen in July. And, and you'll also notice that uh, the, the the party's communication have made sure that this uh, this is not becoming the prominent feeling in the society because this could have a other knock-on effect on the arithmetic that you mentioned. But I also think probably even the parties themselves, they know that the six weeks between the elections in May and the ones in early July, that's going to be the home stretch. This is the one that they really have to contest hard because the winning party most likely will also uh, form the next government, and the, the, that's why I think right now it's it's like everybody knows there's going to be another round. Yeah. So yeah. let's reserve some energy. Let's reserve some of the messaging for the, the second elections. Uh, yeah, yeah. Even though the, there's been this discussion about the the arithmetic, what percentage each party will get, and whether maybe even the opposition parties could combine to form a government or what will be needed then in the second election. There has been some discussion about policies inevitably or or key issues in this campaign. Are there one or two things that have stood out for you? Again, the issue, I was just thinking back to the last time we were talking about the elections, which was several months ago now, um, I, I'm still kind of um, interested in this sudden concern about a housing crisis um, across, you know, a, across all the parties. And I think the first party that raised it interestingly is Basok, um, but. Um, no Democratia, the New Democracy, um, just in the last couple of months introduced a, a sort of a package to try and encourage young first-time buyers. Um, I mean, I'm not convinced it's just a housing crisis. If you look at all the other factors that are contributing to this, um, but it, it's interesting, and it's interesting because everyone's got slightly different ideas about how to approach it. 
Um, and it's an area where there isn't a great tradition in Greece of government having a strong hand in the housing sector, um, other than just encouraging home ownership in general. Yeah, it it, um, it, it, it seems what, what what's happened is that uh, the parties have suddenly realised that, look, we, we've had this huge boom in investment in real estate, money mostly coming from abroad and going towards either revamping buildings so they're turned into short-term rentals, Airbnbs and so on, or uh, turned into boutique hotels or, or you know, new buildings that are going up are quote-unquote luxury uh, mm-hmm. apartments being sold for four, five, six thousand euros per square meter. And suddenly that's shutting out a lot of young people who are looking to uh, not necessarily buy even uh, rent because it's driven up rents as well as uh, property prices. And this is a huge uh, constituency of voters. We have 400 to 430,000 first-time voters coming in this time, and we better do something about it. Um, uh, And it doesn't really seem to have been thought through fully. No, I mean, and I think it's still not very well understood and there's still a lot of understanding to do that because if you actually look at the numbers, the the indicators relating to housing are actually improving. And the only reason for that is that we're still sort of climbing out of the crater that was left by the financial crisis. Um, so, you know, costs of housing relative to income the numbers are actually looking better now than they did, you know, five, ten years ago. <laughs> Naturally, because you're starting from a very low basis. But what's been added to that is the fact that, you know, on the top of sort of incomes cratering, you've had this sort of house price inflation that's come from policies like the golden visa policy. Um, and, um, you know, suddenly all these this generation that's grown up living with their parents for longer and longer, suddenly everyone has realised that, um, you know, they might be an important constituency to appeal to. Yanis, anything, other issues apart from housing that have grabbed your attention that you've uh, thought uh, been in- yeah. interesting in this debate? It's it's partly related because uh, it, it, it ties to what you said about the 400,000 young voters that will vote for the first time because... Um, the, the policy of the government even on the housing front uh, is well summarized by the My Home scheme, which mm-hmm. is basically to help young couples and young families to get on the on the property ladder based on specific criteria. So I've, two, two things that stand out for me is that both parties and PASOK as well, uh, they seem to focus a lot on these young voters and the second one is that there is a realization now that as we are coming out of the crisis and the government and the opposition are promoting that the economy is improving and the government wants to take the credit for it, this is not reflect on wages and income anymore in the economy. And both of the parties, if you notice, they have to some shape or form promise or pledge increases in the average income and further increases in the minimum wage. So I think that compounded by the inflation crisis and the cost of living, this is going to be, I believe, a, a really hot topic in the next term. Yeah, it does because seem that, that 
they're trying to outdo each other in terms of how high they're pledging. Both the minimum wage and the average wages will be go up in the coming years. Exactly, because there is a huge conflict in the argument that the economy is doing great thanks to our policies, but this is not reflected on the income of the in the economy. But overall, and it, it's a good point you make that uh, th- there seems to be a bit of a dislocation between the image of where Greece is in economic terms and the day-to-day reality for for most voters in this election. Yet the sense I get, and this is perhaps the one key theme that I would apply to this election, is that there is a critical mass of voters who feel that things have stabilised, if not necessarily improved greatly, and that now is not the time to put that stability at risk. And for them, the possibility of changing government now, even though they may have a number of bones to pick with New Democracy and Kyriakos Mitsotakis at the the moment, they feel that maybe it would be too much of a risk to vote in Syriza again and have some kind of... Uh, so-called progressive coalition governing the country. There is that 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 concern, that fear factor. There I, I, is that the sense that you get as well, Yuri? Uh, yeah, certainly. I mean, I was just um, yesterday. I happened to look at some polling figures, and I, I'm sorry, but I can't remember who carried out the poll. But they they asked you know people for their preference what party would they be voting for and then they asked them are you voting for them because you think they're the best option or are you voting for them because you think they're the least worst option and the only party that had like a clear kind of advantage of people saying I actually believe in this party was the communist party right the top three parties were about fifty fifty split between those who you know thought they were a good option and those who were holding their nose and voting for them because the alternatives were worse. So there's certainly sort of a a fear of upsetting the apple cart. Uh, Yanis, do you think that this will ultimately be the deciding factor in the election, that that there is um, enough of the population that fears that if we switch horses now, we might put at risk this recovery, which is in its very early stages, which a lot of people have not really benefited greatly from, but is in a much puts Greece in a much better position than it was five, ten, uh, fifteen years ago. There's a huge part of the electorate that is voting based on stability, and naturally. This is a strong point now for Mitsotakis, whereas at the same time, it's a very weak spot for Tsipras. And his position is not helped at all by the fact that the reminders of the first half of 2015, even in this campaign, are more prominent than they were in the campaign of 2019. Mm. We have spent, I think, roughly the last week discussing about the alternative payment system which is promoted by you know, Mera Ekospede and Yanis Varoufakis, and compounded by the, the media who are friendly towards the government, who are happy to keep this issue afloat. Uh, in, in fact, today, he was on the telly actually debating this alternative payment. Varoufakis. Varoufakis. Yeah. Uh, so, so this is you know, bringing back 
all the bad memories from 2015 that Tsipras and Syriza have tried really hard to shake off, first of all during the term and now during their period in the opposition. It will always hurt them. Somehow it always comes back to bite them. And I think this is, gonna, this is one of the reasons, I'm sure we will discuss it further, that they do not appear as a credible alternative at the moment. Going from what is clearly a weak point for Syriza, the, the, the whole discussion about, well, really 2015 rather than its whole record in power, because I think you could argue that the period from 2016 to 2019 was was, was a different uh, beast, different animal. Uh, there appeared to be a really uh, weak point, a really crucial uh, factor for new democracy at the end of February with the Tempe train crash, uh, a collision between a freight train and a passenger train that resulted in the deaths of 57 people because the two trains were put on the, on the same line. Um, in the days after the crash, it looked like the result of this upcoming election and perhaps who uh, would form the next government was in some doubt. Uh, several weeks on, that doesn't really seem to be the case. If opinion polls are accurate, new democracy is well ahead, and it looks like it has a good chance of forming a government after a second election when the winning party will get the 50-seat bonus. How would you explain this relatively quick turnaround that new democracy lost a few percentage polls uh, points in the polls, regained them, and now looks to be moving ahead. Yuri, any thoughts on this? Uh, well, time is a great healer, right? Um, I, <laughs> I th- and I think that's what um, the government banked on when they put the elections back. The idea is I saw it at the time from, from, from Mitsotakis and elections were expected to happen uh, in April uh, following the crash. He put that off and the, I think the thinking was allow more time, but also let Easter intervene, a time in, in Greece. It's obviously a big uh, celebration, Easter, big re- religious uh, festival I- in Greece. People gather in their traditional uh, their, their home villages. They gather with family, and it's it's much easier to do a kind of mental reset after, after you've done that, after Easter, and then focus on the campaign and put the Tempe crash aside. That, that's how I read it. Yes, I mean, and it also, you know, it bought them time to figure out what their messaging was around the crash too Mm. and time for the media that's largely supportive of them to sort of help them push that narrative. Um, Now, you know, there has been a lot of damaging stuff that's come out since then about the crash and about other things, Um, but they've they've been sort of better at, at... managing the message and sort of diverting the discussion back to the economy, which is, you know, not insignificant and it is a major factor in the elections. But I think that initial kind of surge of anger um, has has somewhat dissipated. Yanis, any, um, th- any thoughts on this, on why the Tempe train crash didn't become a, a bigger issue, have a bigger impact in terms of how people are going to vote? I, I totally agree with uh, with Georgia. Uh, the the accident happened on the first of March. The elections were meant to take place on the A- April 9th. 
it would have been an election campaign completely dominated by the accident. So the calculation to buy more time and through this period set the agenda in a way that suits you better, which, is, which I think is a competence of this government, has allowed for the event itself to kind of fade away. And even in this period, even with the, you know, the anger and the disappointment that the accident caused, people were saying that the main concerns in their mind were their daily life, were prices, were the cost of living. Uh, all, all these issues always dominate. And when the time passed, the accident was left behind and the, the, the messaging started being more tailor-made towards the elections, we are now what, two weeks after the accident? And it's, it's, it doesn't feature... Yeah, two, two months. Media. Two months. So, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. one two months, but it yeah. doesn't feature at all. Yeah. An equivalent uh, tragic event in 2018 was featuring in the media even a year later. The, the Mati fire. The Mati the fire. wildfire, yeah. Or during the series uh, period. Mm. So, mm. I, th- I think it's this, this combination of factors that have led to gradually new democracy recovering pretty much all of the loss that it had immediately after the accident. Okay, and bearing all this in mind, guys, uh, what's your best guess about how this election turns out? And we won't hold you to it, don't worry, but uh, your year, would you have to have to like to have a first go? I was going to see first place to Janice. Do you want me to give me, shall I give my uh, uh, prediction? Yeah, go on. Okay. So, and again, we're obviously uh, heavily influenced in, by this in what we're seeing in the opinion polls and Syriza in particular has questioned the accuracy of the opinion polls, and, and there have been cases in the past where, uh, not just in Greece, where in in other places where where uh, the opinion polls have not uh, proved uh, accurate, and in previous elections, support for Syriza has been underestimated, but a lot of opinion polling companies have adjusted their methodology to to account for that, and to account for things like young people uh, not having a fixed line telephone to call them at home um, and some some people perhaps not giving uh, truthful or accurate answers and so on. So, you know, that's just a little caveat. Based on where the opinion polls are at the moment, uh, there doesn't seem... that The only possible outcome, I think, that could lead to a government after the first election is if New Democracy and PASOK decide to cooperate there isn't a lot of incentive for Mitsotakis to try that if he believes he can reach an outright majority with the 50 seat bonus in the second election and perhaps PASOK under uh, its relatively new leader Nikos Andrulakis would not want to consider it as an option unless it's the last uh, option available to him. So after perhaps a, a second election, uh, 
where we are at the moment would it would take a major upset for Syriza to be in a position to lead an alternative coalition with Pasok and possibly uh, Mera 25, the radical left party led by Yanis Varoufakis. So I think that it looks highly likely we'll go to second elections. And then it's a question simply of if New Democracy can get over the 150 uh, seats in Greek parliament. Does that make sense? No, it does. <laughs> Georgia, do you want me to go next? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think uh, I largely agree with that assessment. I think it, it's it will be extremely surprising if Syriza pulls a rabbit out of the hat in the first round to upset the the dynamics and make a Syriza Pasok coalition that was being discussed just a couple of weeks ago. Long story short, we're probably looking at Nedemokratia again, perhaps with a bit of help, perhaps slightly um, weakened compared to 2019. That's, that's my assessment. Well, I was planning to commit to numbers, but since you didn't do it, I won't either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't think that the picture would be much different from what we've seen the um, opinion polls recently. Hmm. So uh, I think a new democracy will have a, a decent lead. Could be f- four or five uh, points ahead. Uh, I, I think Syriza indeed is uh, under-reported its, uh, its support. So they might fare a little bit better than the, the polls are giving them currently. I think Pasok will get the double digit support that is seeking. Maybe go as high as 11%. But then there is nothing workable after this. Uh, for, for sure, we're going to go to second elections. And Mitsotakis will have a distance of 3 to 4% to cover mm-hmm. uh, in order to form the. Um, the next majority government, which I believe, given the situation, second elections, people want stability, they want to avoid potentially a third uh, election. It will be the start of the summer. You don't want to drag people to schools, you know, to vote for a third time. Uh, people will probably give him that little edge that he needs to, to form the next majority government. Oh, you know what all this means, don't you? That uh, we'll have to come back in a few weeks to do another podcast about the, the second yeah, elections. But at least then we'll have some uh, ta- tangible uh, figures and results and so on to work with. Indeed, let's do it. All right. Until then, thank you, Yanis. Thank you, Yuriya. And many thanks on his podcast debut to Bjarni the dog, who's been uh, lounging in the background and looking... <laughs> very suitably disinterested in what's going on with the Greek elections. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for us all. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.
that was Yanis Muzakis and Yoria Naku of Macropolis speaking with Nick. So Phoebe, I think we're all on the same page about these elections. The chances of a government emerging from the May 21st vote are slim, although probably not non-existent. The likelihood is, though, that we'll need second elections to settle this. Hopefully not a third ballot, though, Phoebe. But <laughs> hold off making those plans for your summer holidays just yet. No, I'm making them. <laughs> <laughs> but look, th there is an upside to all this, Phoebes. Which is what? We get to do another election special podcast in a few days. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. It's not the kind of payoff I was hoping for, but I will roll with it. Good, good. I'm glad to hear. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of what could be the first in, I don't know, trilogy of election podcasts. Who knows? We'll see what, uh, what the results bring. Uh, what's certain, though, is that whatever the result, we'll be back to try to make sense of it soon. In the meantime, follow us on Acast, Apple, or Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and please rate the show. It means so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.